Welcome to Cleveland's newest and Cleveland's best sports podcast. This is Two Guys in a Mic with your hosts Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Let's go. Are you looking to make a lifestyle change for your health and wellness? Try personal training through Renegade Soul. Follow Renegade Soul 216 on Instagram and Facebook. Go to the website www.renegadesoul216.com. Sign up today for your first personal training session. You're worth it. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to our, actually this is Christmas Sunday if you go to church. Some of y'all probably don't. But this will be Christmas Sunday in anybody's Baptist church. And I grew up in a Baptist church. So (laughs) everybody, we're not going to give y'all too many speeches or too many uh, Christmas plays. However, this is our Christmas edition of Two Guys and a Mic. I am your host. And as you can tell, I am excited as hell right now. I am RP. (laughs) And I'm your other host, Big Sean. It's another victory Sunday for the Cleveland Browns move to 10 and four uh, one step closer to clinching a playoff spot um, after defeating the, the New York football giants 20 to six. So you want to start with, with, with our, with our uh, toast or you want to, you want to go into the show? Well, I don't have anything to toast but some crystal light right now, man. Listen, that is the worst answer that it I've is. There's a bunch of it's a bunch of things you said to me that I've always <laughs> like disliked or didn't want to hear. That could be the worst thing ever. At ten yeah, to I six, drink, I haven't had one drop of alcohol today. No, that's good because honestly, I didn't drink until the game started. Actually, okay, I haven't had anything since yesterday. At some point earlier yesterday, uh, me and my wife went out to have uh, you know some some food, and I had a beer there, but then I didn't drink anything all the way up until the game. So, but because we won, I'm like, man, I got to have a victory. Yeah, like uh, the only thing I have here is I have some strawberry and peach crystal well, light. Well, listen, don't ever, don't ever, bring down, don't ever bring down my crown apple with your, with your crystal light, sir. It's pretty tasty too. And a zero calories. <laughs> <laughs> And it's zero calories. Zero calories. All right. Impossible. All right. Well, I'm taking a drink uh, in homage to my Cleveland Browns for the first time since 07, winning 10 games. We haven't seen this in 13 years, people. It sounds ridiculous. The truth is, Cleveland Browns have been ridiculous. Yes. So, so very. Thank you, Cleveland Browns. Thank you, Kevin Stefanski. Uh, thank you, Andrew Berry. Thank you, Baker Mayfield. Thank you. Hell, we even got to thank uh, the owners, man. No, well, we still, you know, we still can't give the thanks yet until we clinch. You know, once we clinch, I didn't say, I didn't say, hey, we won the playoffs. What I said was, we got ten wins, and guess what? I'm used to ten losses. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Thank you for getting me 10 wins. Now, when we get to the playoffs, that's a whole nother situation. But for right now, I am excited 
if I recall correctly, you were worried about this game. You you know, as you should have, because I yeah, I, think I, I thought it, I thought it would be a trap game. But you know what? Though last night, as I was thinking, um, you know, going into a game like this with a must win, you know, I thought about it. So I'd much rather go into the Meadowlands than to go into a city where we we have a hard time winning. Like if it was Pittsburgh or Denver yeah. or, or Baltimore. Like, where else don't, don't we win? Like Seattle, I mean, like those cities, like, like those, those teams that who, who we historically don't beat. Arizona. Right. Yeah, yeah for whatever reason, we go out to the it, go out to Phoenix, we don't never win out there. Yeah, so yeah. I, I thought about it, I was like, I don't care how bad they are. Right. And I was like, well, New York, we always do okay. You know, pretty decent against them. So that kind of made me feel better going into the game. And, um, Pretty much, you know, we handle business from beginning to end. Um, I remember one thing we said with, with uh, Freddie Kitchen calling plays was that he was going to try to do too much. And damn it, that's exactly what he did. What the, what the that fourth, first that down? That, that right. fake, <laughs> that weird <laughs> fake field goal. I just busted out laughing as soon as I went into that formation. I was like, thank you, Freddie Kitchen. Just ruined that whole drive. But they drove right down the field on us. Look, they, they moved that ball. I was so pissed off during that first drive. Not at the end of it, but the way that they moved the ball. Like, they just consistently, like, you just looked up, boom, they go five yards there. Boom, they go six yards there. Boom, here's another 10 yards. Boom, here's another 12 yards. Oh, it's starting five. Oh, they got seven. It's like, like, the whole drive, I was like this, like, these dudes are about to freaking do this, huh? Like, they really about to do this. And then they got down into the red zone, and the, and the Browns kind of, uh, they kind of, you know, you know, bucked up a little bit and showed, you know, their, their wares for a second. And then, you know, I'm like, okay, well, if I'm the Giants, you, you just take that field goal, right? Not Freddie. <laughs> Freddie say, nah, man. Here's the here's the play we're gonna run right here. We're gonna do this fake uh field goal with the holder throwing. What? Right. What the what? And that was and on purpose. Threw, he threw one of the worst passes I've ever seen. Man, listen, that dude didn't have he didn't stand a chance. Nobody <laughs> on the field stood a chance against him. <laughs> Not in the field of play, anyway. <laughs> right? You know, but uh, let's let's uh, let's let's get into because we can get off on that tangent. But let's talk about what we what we uh, discuss as our keys of the game. Uh, going back to uh, our Thursday show. So for myself, one of the keys was could Kevin Stefanski get out of his way and call a regular game, not find himself consumed with you know, trying to make, you know, kind of what Freddie was doing today, doing the most. You don't have to do the most sometimes. Sometimes doing simple is doing the most. And can you just stick to the to the game plan, which is running the ball, even if it's not working, we still have a good offensive line. We still have a good running game. You just have to stick to it because without the running game, you don't have the uh, play action stuff. Right. Uh, my other my other move, uh, or excuse me, my other key was uh, the defense, that the defense uh, had to find a way to just make a play when it matters. 
And I would say that the defense did that today. I think the defense. Yeah, they did. A lot of plays in a lot of situations where it mattered a lot, you know, and that's not me uh, doing the hyperbole. I think these guys showed up and you'll find that out once I pass out a few of these game balls. And then my, my other uh, key was just running the ball. Like you just have to be committed to the run. If you're going to be a play action team, if you're going to be a team that runs play action uh, two out of every four plays, you, then you're going to have to run the ball. So today we did that. We weren't like super effective, but the Giants are really, really good against the run. So it may not have looked like it was effective, but the Giants had to pay attention to Nick Chubb and they had to pay attention to Kareem Hunt. They both actually ran solidly today. So I think in terms of whatever our keys, well, my keys were at least, I think we pulled all those all of those things off. What about you, bro? And my keys were kind of a little bit broader. Um, I didn't really go too in depth with, you know, with mine. So basically one of mine was just, uh, I wanted to see like the, on the defensive side of the ball, um, you know, Joe Woods kind of dial up some different things to kind of confuse, you know, Colt McCoy, some different looks, bring some pressure, things like that. And then offensively, I just said we needed just to get back to basics, you know, kind of like, you know, uh, starting with the run game and then doing a the play action, have everything else coming off of the, the run. I kind of enough of that, that and just said we just needed to, to show up and, and handle business. And so as far as defensively bringing different exotic looks, no, we didn't do that. Um, they pretty much played a vanilla defense for the most part, you know, kind of like a bend or break defense. That's kind of, kind of what, what I took from it. Um, you know, the giants were moving the ball quite effectively, but we would make a play here and there. Um, and we had a big fourth down stop. On their second drive, extra drive. That was um, huge, and inside the goal line, by the way, too. Right. So that was, that was, you know, that was. I mean, excuse me, inside the red zone, rather, like right, right around about the six yard line. That was huge. Right. Like we we didn't force any turnovers or anything like that, but you know, we kind of like stalled out a few of their drives, and that's all you can ask for. Like as 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 raggedy as our defense is. All you can ask for them is to like is to is to uh, stave off the bleeding, you know, make a play when you have to, and they did. So I'm fine with that. Um, on the offensive side, man, um, you know Baker was phenomenal today. Um, this is all the Baker haters out there. It's not. And it's not even about. It's not even about them. It's just just like if you're a Browns fan. Even if you for whatever reason you don't like Baker Mayfield, you should still be happy that this dude is performing. At a high level, I man, his confidence right now is off the charts. They still out there though, bro. Like I saw guys, and some of these guys are just trolling. I, I get that. Right. Right. Because some people are just trolls. And then I also know some people that are uh they're Ravens fans. So their hope, to be honest, is that we lost today. Because if we lose today, we're nine and five with them. And right. with Miami, so we basically fall out of the playoffs, right? Uh, with the loss today, had we lost against the Giants, we fall completely out of the playoffs into that top right outside of the uh, of the playoff uh, charts, and then Miami and and and, uh, and the Ravens jump up pretty high, so we get stuck, you know, hoping that something happens to them. 
Right. Um, so some of my friends are Ravens fans. So some of their trolling is 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 very strategic. They're just hoping that you know Baker. There was oh Baker versus versus Colt McCoy. This is Colt McCoy versus Colt McCoy 2.0. Man, is you kidding me? Exactly. Are you kidding me? Have you ever seen Colt McCoy play football? And not just listen. And Colt McCoy didn't play awful today. No, he didn't play awful. So it's not about him being awful. It's not about me trying to give Colt McCoy uh, a hard time. It's really about knowing and understanding football, which is why you know these guys are trolls. Right. Because if you know football, you know that Colt McCoy ain't never did nothing that was beyond what he did today, which is manage a football game. Because he's won a couple games for us too. But all he's ever really done is manage a game. He ain't actually won a game. He's just not lost a game. Right. So, you know, these guys, these people, these <laughs> Baker, uh, perpetual Baker haters, uh, which I guess if you go back and listen to our early stuff, you might even call us Baker haters. But if you listen to our actual show and listen to how we actually uh, push our show, as hard as we've been on Baker, we've also given Baker every avenue to be uh, a good quarterback that, you know, especially if he earned it. And over right. the last, let's say, five or six weeks, Baker has earned that shit. I don't know what nobody else is talking about. I don't know what nobody else is looking at. But Baker Mayfield has earned his stripes uh, over the last, say, half of the season or, or 75% of the season. Yeah, like his whole demeanor since that Cincinnati game has changed, man. Like he's, you can tell he's comfortable in the offense now, and it's beautiful to watch. I mean, the decision making, he's not thinking, you know, he's dropping back, hitting that back foot, and the ball is coming out, and it's coming out with velocity, pinpoint accuracy, um, which is one of his problems early in his career was being consistently accurate. But, man, like, he was on the money today. And the way that Stefanski called the game, I think he called a beautiful game. He didn't do he anything called. fancy today. We didn't do anything. We may have had, like, one, like, semi-trick play, I think, to Jarvis, but not really. It was um, a much better game plan than what we saw uh, on Monday. I said right. That. And even though we weren't really running the ball the way that we normally run the ball, um, he didn't abandon it completely. Right. He still used a play action. Um, because you can tell the Giants just focus on the running game, like they focus. Uh -huh. that, that was their but, mo, but, and I was fine. But, but that's also up. what they do best too. Like they actually are one of the better run stopping teams. I mean that that front four, those those dudes are phenomenal. Yeah, like they're another one of those teams, like kind of like the uh, Steelers, and kind of like the Ravens, who can lose a guy, and you don't even know that they lost a the guy. Like they don't. Right. They just keep guys in a steady rotation in terms of defensive ends, uh, right. defensive tackles. They just keep these guys coming. So uh, you're, you're absolutely right. These guys were all over our run, but Stefanski's game plan just kind of stayed consistent. I think it was more cohesive than what I saw on Monday. And I, I liked what I saw right. today. And, you know, I'm going to tell you something that I'm impressed with. Um, how the Browns overcome little bouts of adversity here and there. Um, mm -hmm. they, I want to can't remember what quarter it was. It may have been the third quarter. 
we were driving down, got down to maybe like the two or three yard line. Then you got a um, a personal file on one of the offensive linemen on Conklin for a oh, yeah, Clifford, like a illegal illegal block. He, he did clip him. He did right. He did push us back fifteen yards. Um, come back with a play, get down there again. Got right back down to two. And get a, and get a false start, something like that. Push us back, and then we still scored. Like in the past. You know, oh, once you got that fifteen yard penalty, you know, you just chalk it up to a field goal. We probably would even blown the field goal. But we now you have a little bounce of adversity. <laughs> you know, they're able to blown the field goal. Yeah, they're, they're able to overcome. Or last year, we would have probably just penaltyed ourselves out of field goal range. Right. Exactly. Like just a complete implosion. So I agree with that, bro. You're right. You're right. And that's like a reflection on, on the coast. Like, there's no panic. With the Browns, even when the Giants started off, you know, coming down the field, it's no panic. Like, oh man, here we go, nothing. But you, you know? have to have you have to have some direction. And where does the direction come from? It has to come from the coach, right? Or from well, as as a a guy who played football, your first direction always comes from whoever is coaching your side of the ball. So your defensive coach or your offensive coach, your positions coach. But that's still a trickle down from the top. You know what I mean? Like, so if I'm a DB, my my coach is giving me certain feelings about what I do. Okay, I'm with him. But then when you go to your defensive meeting, he's echoing the same thing that your positions coach is talking about. So you start to say, oh, okay. Then you just go to a team meeting and the head coach is saying the same exact, you know what I mean? Like it, it's it's the cohesion that we have not had in, for, in the 20 years that we've been back, bro. It's a cohesion from top to bottom that we have not had since we've been back in Cleveland, which yeah. was in actually in 99, 2000. So we really like in, in our uh, 21st season. Yeah, I'm, we finally have a team. We have we guys that don't have, have a team. Guys we don't have an agenda. We actually um, have a even, team. You can even, even see a guy like Njoku, who doesn't get many um, catches, but he, he's in there picking up players. Uh, you can see he's excited when we score. And you know, he wanted he to get traded. Like, this is a dude right. that's, that's and could, could easily be internally in some level of turmoil because maybe he likes the guys, but he don't want to play for this team. But what does he do? The last two weeks, all he's done is go out and catch pass after pass after pass and get where he needed to get every time he was called on. And it doesn't look like he wanted to be traded right now. So again, that's that's a testament to the guys that they have leading that locker room from the coaching standpoint, but it's also a testament to the players that are in that locker room because the players in that locker room is like, like it's almost like, yo, man, if you go out there and play like shit, you're going to have to answer to, to juice or you're going to have to answer to bait. You know what I mean? Like they, they look like they are a full fledged team something that we didn't have. And you used to say this to me all the time and our, and you know, in the 20 years past, 
It's one of your favorite phrases, and you don't. Yeah, and listen, Sean hates. Sean hates cliches and he hates phrases. However, one of his favorite words in the last twenty years was factions. The locker room would break yeah. off into factions, and they don't like this dude, and they hate that guy, and they don't like this coach. These are the conversations that you guys probably have never heard because we weren't doing a podcast at that time. But it, you know, during the last couple of years, Sean and I'll let Sean elaborate even more once I'm done with this with this uh, statement. He full-fledged believed that the locker rooms were broken up, but that's not happening right now. So Sean, just kind of elaborate on for folks that may not understand what factions or, or where your angle actually was at that time. Yeah, it was just like the team had had clicks. They weren't a cohesive unit. Um, everybody had agenda. agendas. Like the Browns were known for a while as a team that you could go to to cash out because the Browns were going to overpay um, for free agents. And guys will come here, um, get a big paycheck, knowing they didn't have to play hard. They weren't held accountable. And I think that caused a lot of friction within um, the locker room. Like you always heard these stories. Like every Sunday morning, um, I listened to the pregame show on 90, 92.3 The Fan. And Jason Lockenfora would always come on with an update saying how it was some turmoil um, in the Browns front office. This guy wanted to get along with this guy. Something was going on, and we used to kind of brush it off at first, like, oh, y'all just hating on the Browns. Y'all always trying to find something to bring us down. And sure enough, at the end of the season, once all the dirt starts coming out, and it was like what he was saying, you know, was was true. So uh, now you see guys actually rooting for each other. They actually want to be here. Just looking at the way that our timing was on offense today, you can tell that it's coming together. These guys are on the same. I mean, we were, it was like, it was surgery out there. Even though yeah, we only scored 20 points, because we had a couple of drives that stalled or, We, we, we know, probably could have scored 40 points again today. It, exactly. We, you know, it was a few things that happened that stalled out drives. Um, but the Browns are moving the ball that way. And it was just pinpoint accuracy. The timing was just, was, was impeccable. Uh, even more so in like you know how 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 well we played against Tennessee in that first half. I, I think our offense looked a little bit better overall today, just as far as like like the crispness, the timing. Well was I agree. Was I, look, you know what? And I didn't think of that. I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that. But I think you might have a point, bro. And and here's why I think that you may be way more right than wrong. Baker was actually playing against a better defensive front today uh, or as good a defensive front today as he was against the Ravens. And definitely better these last two weeks, he's played against a better defensive front than he did against the Titans. Um, and he looked better against the Ravens and, and, and the Giants. Like he was when I when we were at the game on on uh, on Wednesday, excuse me on Monday. I was surprised a at how well the offensive line handled that. You know, especially when they did the uh, the zero blitz stuff, or when they showed the zero blitz stuff. 
they just weren't fooled by what the Ravens did, even if they dropped back. But when they dropped back, let's say they didn't, they showed a zero blitz, but then they dropped three or four back. Baker didn't look confused. You remember, and we've had this discussion. You know, I used to say that Baker couldn't read defenses. Right. And I don't know that I was incorrect. I just don't think that he could read defenses, especially complex defenses. What I think has happened, I'm not going to sit here and say all of a sudden he can read a defense. Here's what I think has happened. I think Alex Van Pelt, I think Kevin Stefanski uh, have, you know, uh, gone to him and really just worked on film just watching film and trusting what we do. Not so much being scared of what the other team does, but trusting what we do. Right. Like what we just said, you know, the play we just put in there is the play for this defense. Trust us. You know what I mean? And again, I said this a couple of weeks ago, it's hard. It's hard to trust some shit when you lose it. But all of a sudden, you start winning, and you start to believe in it. People don't want to want to listen to this, but there was a time when Michael Jordan didn't want shit to do with the triangle offense because he thought it was going to bother his touches and bother how he affects the game. And Phil Jackson was like, no, nah, if you do this, we'll win. And he said, I bet we won't. And Phil Jackson said, okay, bet, because I know you like to gamble, so bet. Six championships later, I'll guarantee you this dude don't want to do nothing, you know, in terms of his playing career outside of the triangle. So saying all that to say, winning kind of does quench every thirst. And I think that that's what happened. I think Stefanski and these guys have won Baker over by winning. If that makes any sense, does that make no, sense? I think that makes perfect sense because when you're in any in any walk of life, um, let's just say, for example, like me trying, you know, trying to lose weight, right? Um, and you may try different weight loss programs, <clears throat> and sometimes you can get discouraged because you're not seeing results. And somebody may tell you, "Hey, if you do this, like you drink this apple cider vinegar three, four times a day, or if you do this, that, and third. And if you don't see no results, you're not going to have confidence in it. Like, right. for, like now when I did Weight Watchers, I was skeptical of Weight Watchers until I started seeing results every week. And I'm saying, okay, so whatever whatever their scientific formula is behind what their process is, it's working. And I bought into it. So even when I'm not doing Weight Watchers, not part of the program or anything like that, I still follow some of those principles because I know it works and the same thing. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it's the same thing with with the Browns now. Now they have a coach and you can tell early on in the season they didn't know it. They didn't know how the offense worked. They weren't confident in it. They hadn't had an offseason to learn it. Now that you are deep into the season, man, I haven't seen our offense move like this on a consistent basis since maybe 2007. And even 2007, remember, remember me and you always talked about 2007. We knew it was fool's gold because we knew how bad Derek Anderson really was <laughs> and that so, Kellen Winslow and Braylon Edwards was bailing that dude out because uh, Derek Anderson was throwing death balls and he was throwing house balls. He, he was, was trying, trying to get them killed. Kill. 
Keller Winslow that year was making catches like he was catching a baby out of a burning building. That's how <laughs> how crazy that crazy good Keller wasn't it? I mean, he was like catches. He was, he was making catches he had no business making. But Derrick Anthony was just throwing. He was throwing missiles all over the field. And but let's be honest, he was probably as healthy as he had ever been that year. Right. So he was healthy as hell. And we know what he was uh, when he was healthy, healthy. Right. We, we saw him in college. There were, listen, there was no, nobody in Cleveland is questioning why we drafted Kellen Winslow. <laughs> right. <laughs> Before that motorcycle accident, it ain't, it ain't many people. He was Gronkowski before Gronkowski. Yep. He was Gronkowski before Gronkowski. He was the stretch, you're the field guy. There wasn't a safety in the league that could have guarded him at that time. There wasn't a middle linebacker that could have guarded him at that time because he was too he was too fast for them and he was too strong for the middle uh, uh the safeties right. stuff like that. He was incredible. I remember when he took over that championship game against Ohio State. And and uh what's my man name? What's 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 my dude name? When he went to the uh, play for Ohio State safety, he went to uh, he got drafted by the Colts. Mike, Mike, uh, oh, Mike Doss. Mike Doss. Listen, Mike Doss was an animal. Mike Doss couldn't do nothing with K two when he started coming up that field catching them passes. So. I agree 1,000% with you. Like in 07, K2 was K2. Like he was, he had people draped on him. And he was just like, whoop, catch, whoop, catch. Braylon played out of his mind. He wasn't, he wasn't dropping uh, as many passes as he was catching. Right. He did drop a lot of passes, but he wasn't dropping as many as he was catching. And they had an incredible safety valve in Joe Jervis that people forget about. And don't but forget we had uh, Jamal Lewis. Jamal Lewis had almost 1,400 yards uh, rushing. Uh, tippy toes. I like tippy to toes. Them. Right. So, uh, yeah, so, so, so that year, I never felt comfortable with Because we, we, we knew that that was kind of a patchwork. We knew right. that certain parts might still be back. Like we thought K2 and Braylon were actual parts that were going to continue to repeat what they right. had. Not, we didn't believe, you and I, I'll be honest with you, you were one of the few people that did not believe in Derrick Anderson the exact same way that I did not believe in Derrick Anderson. We didn't believe in Derrick Anderson. We didn't believe in Tippy Toes either. And I, I actually believed in Joe Jurevich's a little bit more than I did anybody else on the, you know, outside of those uh, guys we just mentioned. Because I think that Joe, Joe was a professional. Joe going to show right. up no matter what, unless he hurt. Right. He was. And, uh, that team was, was kind of a patchwork. And, and I agree with you that they don't, like we knew that there was an end to that, especially with Romeo. Romeo being a defensive coach, he don't know how to keep that kind of stuff together. You know, Romeo didn't know. And, and, and the next year, it was the most ridiculous kind of situation that we've ever seen before. Braylon gets hurt running around with no shoes. I mean, was yeah, you in a shower, dog? What are you doing? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it was it was all downhill early. And it just, 
equal what we had always known or what we had always feared. I don't believe that about this particular team, though. No, it's, it's a whole different vibe. I feel like this team is, I feel like, I feel like this team is like Marty Schottenheimer's team. And I feel like that 2007 team is Bud Carson's team. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Do you get that? Yeah, Thank right. You. Thank you. I think that, that this coach is good enough to put us in winning situations. I think that he's shown Baker that Baker can play different than what Baker is used to playing because this isn't really Baker's uh, MO. He's under center a lot. But guess what? Ain't nobody talking about Baker being under center. Right. I hated that, man, last year. And it was like, well, you should put him in the shotgun the whole game. Like, this is the NFL. This is not uh, Oklahoma. And he's not Lamar Jackson. You know, he's not going to be uh, uh, an option quarterback. So, right. no, he can't be in a shotgun every play. Like, he's more comfortable. I was like, no, I've seen. Ba See, the thing that I was, um, the reason why I was defending Baker Mayfield the way that I was is because that I had seen flashes of him. Like, the Baker that we're seeing now, I saw flashes of that in 2018 and 2019. This wasn't consistent. So I knew what he was capable of. I was just like, just let everything marinate. Let him learn this system. And at the end of the year, if he's still playing crappy and not showing any type of confidence, no accuracy, no consistency, all right, then maybe you have to go look at another quarterback. But I was like, but give him the year first. Give him the year before you try to run him out of town and see what happens. And now we're seeing everything starting to come to fruition man like this kid is taking complete control of this offense uh you can tell he's he's the leader well one i won't say he's the leader yet but he's one of the leaders mm -hmm. on a team uh, yep. i think along with him jarvis uh miles is emerging I, I think olivier vernon is a good um uh leader on, on defense to a solid veteran so we have a nice mix of veterans um and young guys on this team uh, one thing uh, I noticed today, too, because uh, Sandejo didn't play, I thought Carl Joseph played a really good game today. A really, really good game. So, uh, Mr. Stefanski, when Sandejo comes back, he should be in the backup, bro. Just let Carl Joseph have that slot because he was playing smart football today. And really, and, and, and in Sandejo's defense the last three weeks he hasn't done anything boneheaded necessarily he hasn't he played he's last week been playing all right um but carl joseph looked to be a lot more comfortable in that uh position having denzel ward back was huge the ward shut down that whole left side of the field we didn't have to worry about that side and for the most part terrence mitchell didn't do anything he didn't get beat over the top. He had, a, he had a pass defense today, too. He yeah, played we, gave up, we gave up a lot of stuff underneath, but nobody got beat over the top. But it it, it really helped uh, having, I you know, I, I couldn't agree more. Having, uh, you know, Denzel back was, I don't even know that there's words. <laughs> <laughs> we just feel better when he's on the field like I, I don't even like man this dude 
took Shepard basically out of the game. Right. I mean, and and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give him Revis Island type of status, but he he literally took Shepard out the game. Look, Denzel Ward could be out there in a wheelchair, and I'll still feel be- better with him. He could be out there be uh, with the Jack Dempsey uh, boot on. With the half foot, the half foot uh, club <laughs> shoe, and I'll be like, "Yeah, come on, Denzel, get him." Because one one thing I know is that Denzel. Uh, and, and Chris Collinsworth is one of the uh, the guys that we've always kind of loathed in in Cleveland. Uh, he's he's a he's a bangle to the core. I think he's a great analyst, though, man. As a color commentator, well, again, we, I, we, I think he's excellent. Have we? I don't know that we've had that discussion on the show, but I know we've had this discussion. He is very good at analyzing the game because he's played the game, like mm-hmm. he. Really, his analyzation of the game when he's being fair is completely and totally spot on. Like, there's no two ways about it. He's spot on. Um, But he's sometimes very, very one-sided when it comes to the Browns uh, because he's like, he's old school. And he still has frustrations with the Browns because we used to beat them at least once every year. Well, he played in the era when coming to Cleveland Stadium wasn't exactly um, a friendly experience. So I, I know it. I know it. And, and I'm sure. I'm sure he's been hit with dog biscuits, <laughs> probably a couple of batteries, a couple, at least two D batteries, at, at least two, two D batteries. <laughs> who knows what else they was throwing out the dog pound? They're probably throwing some rangers out the dog pound. Say, like, who knows? Look, and who's to say what his family had to deal with? Because there wasn't any <laughs> loges and all that stuff back in the day. No. You said, no. you said yeah, they sit out there with the, the common folk. folk. <laughs> right. <laughs> so once they found out that was uh Chris Collinsworth's family. <laughs> and and you know, I'm I'm gonna always protect my Cleveland folks. But I also know my Cleveland folks. <laughs> yeah, for, for, for those who don't know, for those out there in, the, uh, in America that may not know, um, Cleveland has some of the most, well, not Cleveland fans, Cleveland Browns fans. Cleveland Browns fans. Are some of the most ignorant fans on, on the face of the planet Earth. And we, and, and we have the gall, we have the audacity that when we go some other places and people are jerks, we look at them and like, why are they being so... And we really have no right to judge any other fan base because we are awful. When it Listen. comes to other people coming in our stadium, we are absolutely and people are looking. Now, they, they come. They, they they can't believe the treatment that they get. And I just look at them I'm like you shouldn't have wore that ugly jersey up in here if you had if you just would have came in here with some regular clothes on and and rooted for your team silently, you wouldn't be catching the hell that that you catching right now. That's your fault for wearing that in here. I tell you, know? you what. Uh, Sean, first of all, Sean believes that same description that he just gave you, uh, America. Sean actually has put me in that description. Of yes, people. yes, you definitely belong in that category. <laughs> Persona non grata. When it comes to being ignorant at the Browns game, you ignorant in other people's stadiums. Just <laughs> period. <laughs> 
absolutely says to he always says to himself like bro i just need you to you know let me know when you're gonna do blah 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 such, such. <laughs> and i always do something that makes him go what are you doing <laughs> Like running around Baltimore, flapping your wings, right. running <laughs> in their stadium, you know, like running through the concourse, and M- what is it, M M T M M and T Bank Stadium? Is that something it? like? That. Yeah, I was running through the concourse, flapping my wings as we were destroying the Ravens, and and all of their fans were going home for the evening, and they were probably gonna have a nice Sunday dinner. Not, not after they saw me, they weren't. <laughs> I, was, hey. I was absolutely uh, letting them know that it was going to uh, suck for you guys. But, you know, but being that kind of a Browns fan, I've, I've seen the, the worst of the worst. So whenever I get a piece, a, a, a little sliver of any good, I'm always like a little bit over the top. But I'll tell you this, most of mine is really good. I, you know, the the the, the uh, issues I give people are really it's I'm just I'm just giving you Yeah, it's bit. no malice. It's no malice. I'm, yeah, I'm just giving you kind of a little bit of a ribbing. You know, we'll we'll laugh, we'll talk. I really just want to high five and we just all keep it moving. Everybody makes it home safe, everybody goes back to uh, their families, their wives, their husbands, their kids, uh, whatever. Whatever, I just I just want to have a good time, and that's it. Right. I do know that there's some Browns fans that don't have that in their in their. Uh, but you know what though? But I will say this: we are not Raider fan though. It's we are no not, now Listen, now now crazy. at the old Oakland Coliseum back in the day, they'd be stabbing. Especially when they play. I don't know what it is when the Raiders would play the Chargers. Somebody always gets stabbed up in the stadium, or the Niners. They would do the right. same thing with the Niners. Right. But you know, now, now that's not us now. It'd be a couple of fights. It may be something thrown or some some curse words slam, but as far as you know, somebody getting but, you know harmed like that, no, we, we didn't we never went that far. We never we we don't we don't try to we don't try to uh leave the stadium with assault charges. Uh you know, but um I think that's where Chris Collins were comes from though. I agree with you. I think Chris Collinsworth starts from a from an angle of I remember getting hit with a cold ass it was 20, 20 degrees with five uh degree wind chill and I got hit with this dog bone and I couldn't feel my elbow for the rest of the game type <laughs> attitude. <laughs> right. I think that's where he comes from. And he's also one of Sam Sam Weiss's guys. So, you know, when Sam Weiss jumps on a microphone, it's, oh, this isn't Cleveland. Listen, if you want me to come down to Cincinnati to choke you out, I will. Right. Like, we know you're not in Cleveland. You're in rusty-ass Cincinnati. You are. (laughs) That's exactly what that city is, rusty. (laughs) And that's how we feel about Cincinnati. Here in Cleveland, we got no love. But tonight, I knew that I knew exactly where he was going. Uh, Chris Collinsworth being he, they were talking about uh, the game and 
you know, how how many years the Browns have not been good or whatever, whatever. And the first name out of this dude's mouth, which I couldn't dispute, was Paul Brown. So as soon as he said it, I said to myself, here he goes with the Cincinnati crap. I knew it. Like, in my mind, I was like, I knew he was getting ready to go there. And so uh, Mike Tirico goes, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, definitely. It was on. He said, yeah, that was the great tie between the two teams and, you know, X, Y, Z, blah, 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 blah. We got the better of that. I, I said, you know what, man? Right when you was making me feel like you was all right, I want to punch you in the face all over again. Because that's who Chris Collinsworth actually is. But I love that because he he epitomizes the rivalries from back then. Right. So when people say to me, why are you so mad at blah blah blah? Or why don't you root for this for the for the you know the Bengals or why don't you ask Merrill Hodge what they used to do back in the day? Merrill Hodge used to say every Sunday, every I get my schedule and be like, oh, we play Cleveland, we play Cleveland that week. He played Cleveland that week. <laughs> like, Those were two games that he circled. Right. He would just circle them. That's the the AFC uh, North, what used to be the, the AFC Central that I grew up with. So my disdain for Chris Collinsworth, uh, my disdain for Ray Lewis, uh, my disdain for anybody who, who commentates our games and has anything to say about our games, it's always going to be that. I don't care about y'all. Especially y'all going to hate. But they're going to hate because they grew up that way. So, but tonight, Collinsworth was giving us a lot of love. Yeah, he was fair. Because he He had to. Mm -hmm. He had to. Like, our our team played well tonight. And I think that now, because they haven't seen us play like this, so commentators now are like, wow. Just even from this season, just it's like night and day from game one till now. And I think they're just in kind of like in shock at the the metamorphosis that they're seeing with this team. So, you know, I mean, man, it was, it, was, it, was, it was a good, solid victory. Now we move on to the uh, the New York Jets. I'm glad they won today, too. I actually watched a little bit of that game. I'm also yes. glad they won. Listen. So now – I Thank did not want to play them, and they still didn't have that had that monkey in their back. Now, Thank hopefully, you, hopefully, they'll be thinking about Cancun next week. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and also thank you, Cancun, Mexico. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, they'll thank be thinking you, about Sean. Cancun, and we can go in there and blow them out and get the hell out of there. Because I said the same thing. I said, man, they beat the Rams. Thank the Lord. Because they don't have to come in, you know, looking to beat the brakes off of us. Because, you know, oh, man, we got to get this win. And this is the last chance. And I forget right. who they played in last week. But, of course, when the Browns come into anybody's stadium, their thought process is we can beat the Browns. Right. Because that's always been everybody's thought process. Correct? Correct. Yep. So everybody thinks getting a, a win against the Browns is easy, or it's it's a win that is is we're capable of get, of getting. I don't know who they play, uh, you know, in Week 17, but 
I'll be honest, I am glad that they got that win today. That still does not take any any uh, less pressure off of us. We still got to show up. We can't. We we do not want to be the Rams. Right. We don't want to be the team that underestimates this team. We still got to go in there. We still got to play hard. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, Nick Chubb, I don't know why Nick ain't running so much. I don't know if his knees bother him. Maybe. You know what? Because I was thinking about that What? I think he may be a little nicked up or um, Stefanski is, he may be preserving him. Too, he's like, he if, he's like, if I can get away and win these games without, because remember, early in the season, it was all Chubb and Hunt. I mean, they carried a lot of the load, and maybe he's like, you know what? Maybe uh, if I can preserve these guys a little bit, and we can still win these games, then so be it. Because we all know what happens to running backs. Now we all say, you no, know, run the ball, run, 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 run. But you look at the history of running backs, they can, like, just lose it, like, they overnight. Out. They were out. Yeah. We've seen it, the, the the Larry Johnsons of the world, um, the Chris right. Warrens, right. guys right. that was getting 1,500 yards a season, they just disappear off the face of the earth, and you don't know where they went, you know, because their body gives out. Look at Zeke right now. You can tell Zeke ain't even been in the league that long, but you can tell. He's had a lot of carries, man. Yeah, like they, they put a lot of carries on that kid. Right. So, yeah, you can tell uh, Ty Gurley is another one. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's no reason for them to give up on him, basically. And yeah, then so move on. I even know it's like, like the end of the game today, I saw like in that fourth quarter, that last drive to run out the clock. Um, uh, Cream Hunt had kind of limped off and they brought in Dearness Johnson. I'm like, well, where's Chubb? Like, is Chubb hurt? That is, you know? listen, ain't no sense. At that point, we ahead. Yeah. And there's no reason to bring Chubb in uh, right. to, to, to potentially get hurt. Because I'm going right. to tell you what, having Chubb in that backfield scares the shit out of every defense on the right. planet Earth. And I I just got out of conversations about that. Cats were... Uh, I think, uh, and I'll put it up on the page, on our IG page uh, come tomorrow. But uh, Brian Shazier, uh, Shazier said that while, uh, what's his name, Henry, Derrick Henry runs hard and there's a lot of people that don't want to, you know, he, he might be the best right now. The mm-hmm. best running back in the game, and the guy that don't nobody really wants to tackle in the hole one on one is Nick Chubb. Right, and he, he, you 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 know that because we know football. Right, I think Derrick Henry runs through easy holes because that's what Alabama running backs do. They just create down there in Tennessee the same type of holes. This kid's vision, uh, uh, Chubb's vision. It's incredible. It is. It's incredible. Like his vision to know when to cut back or to know when to hit certain holes at certain times is is second to none. Right. And hey, 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 Ron, here's something else to think about too, as far as Chubb and his carries. Um, the Browns are just now showing really like all that analytical stuff they were talking about before the season started. They may have the chart. They may have a chart like, hey, 
you get to this point in time in the season, you got XYZ carries, that's when production goes down or whatever. So they may be, so they all may be a part of that. Like, hey, we got to preserve this guy. Because now you're seeing, yeah, because the way the Browns are calling plays now, what they're doing, you can see the, the computer geeks, whatever behind the scenes, you can see, you know, and it's not all that bad. I used to hate that. But now I was like, okay, if you cross the 50, you're on a 39 and it's fourth and one, you should go for it. Yeah. You know, on the past, everybody's like, yeah, you're like, shot in the game. Like, the, the yeah. game is different. Like, this is not the 1980s, 1990s football we used to see, where if you went, you know, on fourth and one, if you're at the, the opponent's 49, you don't go for it. But now you're like, well, hell. Yeah, I could punch you into the end zone or I could punch you at the 20. I basically gave you a, a fresh start. Nope. You're right, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's a, a, a completely and an entirely different thought process and how uh, the game is approached anymore. And I actually don't dislike it. I, I like it. And I'm, I'm, I'm the most conservative cat when it comes to football. Like I, I'm sitting there watching the game. Like, no, we can't go for it. Now I've gotten into the spot where I'm like, and we just had this discussion the other day. Are you like, well, like so you might as well just fourth and look, look, just yeah. <laughs> See, see, we <laughs> just got into this discussion the other day about two point conversions, and I was like, no, I was good with that, which is rare for me. Like, yeah, now that know, one I wasn't cool with the two point curve. I thought that was a little crazy. I thought that was just, listen, they were like, man, no, what difference do I make? If we miss this, first of all, we've already had a jerk miss uh, of yeah, you know point. the damn conversion anyway. And then, you know, so so we may as well go for it, or we got a chance to go for it. It's right. 50-50 anyway, right? Okay, so they did. They didn't make it, or they did make it, so it was good. Thankfully, there was somebody behind, you know, uh, Hunt. Uh, DPJ was behind Hunt and was able to get that catch. But, you know, of course, it had had everybody dropped everything, we would have been like, what a dumb play. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, right. Hindsight is always 22. Yeah, you're like, what a dumb play. But he made it. So we were like, yeah, good, good play. Right. Kept us in the game because, uh, you know, uh, jerk-ass Cody Parkey, who missed another field goal today. That wasn't his fault, though. It was his fault. That wasn't his fault. That was that was Jarvis. Jarvis got to stop being hot-headed. Listen, listen. It was his fault. So 48-yard extra point. It was it. It was a 48-yard field goal. Can you not do that? Ain't that your job? But those aren't gimmies, though. A 50-yard field goal is not a gimme. But is that your job? It's his job, but it's not his Who job. That's to... your job. But look, come on, man, and listen. You can't. I'm not taking any heat. I want. I want. I want to make this clear. I'm not taking no heat off Jarvis. Jarvis got to stop doing dumbass shit to make shit harder for people. But you got to make that field goal. Because all I'm saying that like it's thing. not. But what if that was the, not, man? I'm not giving those are no all like, like like a 48 yard field goal is all 50 50. I'm gonna give you. An I'm example. not giving nobody no excuse. No, hold had on. That been, had that been Tucker from Baltimore, 
he would have made that shit. Well, that those, but, but it's not. It's not too many Justin Tuckers that exist in I this world. I don't care. I don't it's care. It's only if I, 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 I I'm gonna care. give you. I, I'm gonna give you a classic example of one of the things that I hate the most is when a team's let's say, say you you're, you're down by two points, right? You're driving down the field, clock is running out, but you play for a for, for a long 48 yard field goal. Like, like it's an automatic, like it's a chip shot. And those aren't, all I'm saying is those are not chip shots. I didn't say it was. That's what I'm saying. But what was. I'm saying is, in, in that scenario. What I'm saying is you got one fucking job. It's supposed to be a goddamn a chip kicker. shot. Kick I don't blame him for that. I blame the dude for putting him in a, in a bad position. I blame him for it because he missed a regular ass field goal the week before. Yeah, that's it's the first Cody one he Parkey. missed all season. It's Cody Parkey. He sucks. The first one he missed all season. Like it, it's the reason why it's only like one one kicker in the Hall of Fame. Because those guys don't come along. It's one whole kicker. It's one kicker and one punter in, yeah. in the Hall of Fame. And here's what I got to say about that whole soliloquy that you just gave for every kicker that's ever played in the NFL. <laughs> got Look, one freaking job. I don't care where you got to kick it from. Kick the field goal. So if it was 65. No in that building. So, 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 so if, if it was, was 65. No in that building, was it? Was, if, if it was. Didn't he make field goals? Nope. Nope. Let me finish. Didn't he make field goals when the wind was whipping around when it was all crazy in Cleveland? Yes, not, he did. not 48. Yes, he did. Now, I don't care if it was 48. He, made, <laughs> he missed a 48 yard yes, field goal with no wind tonight. How you know it wasn't no wind in New York? It wasn't no wind. I know it might have, it might have been a slight breeze. That's Cody Look. Parkey. Do y'all want me to show y'all? I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it to all y'all. I'm gonna show y'all. So, so basically, what you're saying is Cody Parkey had in the playoffs when he played for the uh, Bears against uh, Philadelphia when he lost a playoff game. This yes, is he the did. Same dude. It's the same dude that missed a, a field goal for the Browns in uh, the year that we went 0-16. It's the same freaking dude. He just now, got so, lucky in all those early years. I was like, man, I'm, I'm actually kind of like weirded out how good he's been. And now he's turned into his regular not making field goals. So. <laughs> now, 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 what you're saying is no matter how far the field goal is, he just supposed to make all of them. What I and, said was, what I said was, do you have a job? And our expectation in putting you on the field at this point is that you can make it. It's 40. It, it wasn't a 58 yarder. It wasn't a 68 yarder, was it? A 48 yarder is not, it's not a gimme. That's did not a gimme. Get his way? To did me, anything. Almost block it? Did somebody almost block it? To me, anything I'm over not 40. You no pass. You don't get no anything. Pass. Anything over 40 is a crapshoot at that point. Cody Parkey, unless you don't your get name. No pass for me. If you want to pass, you call uh, Big Sean. I'll give you his number later. <laughs> Look. Unless, me. unless your name me is John Stenerud, um, who was the kicker for New England all them years? Alec, what's the name? Uh, uh, Vinatieri. Unless your name is John Stenerud or Vinatieri. Hey, Cody Parkey, if you want some sympathy, I will, I will inbox me later. 
Cody Parker's people. I I'm not giving a man no sympathy. I'm Everybody just saying, Darvish, and I'll give you that dog on penalty. I'll give you Big Sean's uh, information, and he'll he'll cuckoo you and make you feel better about you missing <laughs> that dumbass field goal that you should have made because you've made eighty five percent of your goddamn field goals in your career, but you can't make that one today. And I'm now that's Jarvis, and now that's know, Jarvis Landry. You should still make the dog on. If you know your kicker's more. a little bit shaky, he's silly, bro. You you he's should silly. not be getting. You should not be getting dumb penalties. So put you your team in the back. Getting dumb penalties, but here we are. So now, because I shouldn't be getting dumb penalties, I should just miss this field goal, right? Because that's somebody else's fault. No, you know, like he no. went up there and missed it on purpose. No, and no, just miss it on purpose. Go ahead, because it ain't my fault. It's somebody else. Why are we arguing fault. about? It? We won the game when we arguing about the extra point. I'm just telling you, Cody Parkey sucks. Period. <laughs> And I'm not going to not unsay that. <laughs> yeah, now you see that America. See, this, this is how quickly Browns fans will turn on one of their own for having a no, bad. No, I'm not turning on He nothing. didn't even have a bad day today. He had a bad week last week, and he had a semi-bad day. He missed the extra point today. But he made the other extra points, and he made his field goal. So so, so, so he was, was cool. He was cool no, last week. No, I said, I said little, last week was not cool. Some stuff today was cool. I said, I, I, I no, don't want to get he had he had one he had one bad game. My bad, Cody Parkey. He had one he had one bad game, and everybody want to run him out of town for one bad game. My bad, Cody Parkey. I, I was too hard on you. Man. One, this hey, dude, this dude. Hold on, I'm about to. I'm about hold to take on, This guy has been money. I'm about to take all seasons on you, Cody Parkey. He's been, money. <laughs> He's been money all season. Hey, hey, Cody. And he had hey, one bad this, day, and everybody want to run him out of time. This is as much as you want, because it don't matter. I mean, you know, it might be somebody else's fault. It might be your fault. It might be the win's fault. It's all good, Cody Parkey. Keep missing him. He had one bad game, and everybody want to run him out of town all of a sudden. I'm not running him out of town. I'm just telling you he sucks. That means you want to run him out if he sucks. You I'm don't want to town. He sucks. He can, hey, listen, I'm not the general manager. He can stay here as long as he wants. <laughs> but if I were the general manager, he wouldn't be here <laughs> next year. Period. However, Cody Parkey. You know, we can go ahead and bring Austin Siebert back. Let's go, let's go I'm get gonna, him. Listen, I, we don't need Austin Siebert back either because he sucks like Cody Parkey does. Cody Parkey stinks. For one for one bad game. Hit it really? One bad game? This year. One bad game this year. One bad okay. Well, one bad game might be the playoff game. So I tell you what, if we make it to the playoffs and he misses the field goal, don't you say shit. <laughs> I don't want no. you to say shit. No, I can say something. No, you can't. No, yes, you I can. can. Yes, I can. If, no, if he if he has a game, no, he's good. He's solid. I, I didn't he say that. Now you put some my words. I did not say he, he nope. was great. All I'm nope, saying he is good. he didn't really have a bad – he had a bad game last week. And he had a bad game today when you no, missed he didn't. He missed, he missed an extra point. That wasn't even a regular extra Man, point. Man, I'm not giving you no pass, Cody Parkey. You can get a pass from Big Sean. You're not getting no pass from me. Make the doggone field goals, bro. Period. That could be the game winner. We could not get to the playoffs, or we could get to the playoffs if you make that field goal. Period. And tell the Browns to stop getting dumb penalties. And, stop, and, the and I agree with that too, because I'm not against that either. 
See, that's the difference between me and you. I'm not picking no soft ass side. <laughs> Ain't nobody Don't picking me. no soft side. I'm just saying a 48 yard field goal. I get it. It's not an passion. easy field goal. Garbage. I love your passion. It ain't no easy field goal for your ass, and it ain't an easy field goal for me. But they pay that dude to make a 48-yard field goal. That's why they trotted his ass out there. Make the field goal, Cody Parkey. Period. Look, that's enough argument. This is a, this is a, a fruitless argument. It's uh, not fruitless. Never, it is it's very serious. fruitless. And it's real because <laughs> Cody Parkey's is fruitless. And you need to make that field goal. This is fruitless. I don't care what say. But if you're looking for somebody to stroke you and pet you and make oh, you feel good about yourself, now you see, now you see how you come with the, with the backhanded insults. <laughs> <laughs> no reason over the kicker, <laughs> but but I'm taking a the high road. They go low, we go high. You know what I'm saying? Like just backhanded insults <laughs> on the dog on kitchen. This is what this, this is what it's come to. But look, Let's go ahead and give out our game balls today. I'm only giving out two. I'm giving a game ball to Baker Mayfield, and then I'm giving a game ball to the offensive line because we lost. We really didn't have Teller. Then uh, Chris Hubbard gets hurt on the second play, and then I didn't even know who Nick Harris was. I guess we drafted him. I had no idea who this kid was. I had no idea who he was like that. He came in, and the offensive line didn't miss a beat. Um, Baker was clean the whole game. I think he got sacked one time. Um, yep. They played an excellent, excellent game today. So I'm giving my game balls to Baker Mayfield, and I'm giving the other one to the whole. You know what? I'm just going to stick with the kid out. I'm going to give Nick Harris because that wasn't an easy position to be in. So I'm going to give him the game balls. was against some interior linemen that were uh, fierce. Right. And, and, and had – you know, uh, they, they were veterans. Uh, they were coming at him. So I agree with that. Yeah, for sure. All uh, right. Who, who your game balls going to today? So my game balls are going to go to, I got, I'm actually going to get four, which is rare for me. I only, I generally only get three, but I'm going to get four today. Um, my first has to go to Baker. Baker was incredible today. And I tip my cap to him. Um, you know, all those guys, all those people that gave Baker the the, um, the grief that Baker ends up getting for no reason. At some point, y'all got to stop. At some point, y'all have to understand and see. I mean, you know, you know, like the last little rant I had. Yeah, that's my rant, and I and I feel like I feel. But there's no way I could have that rant against Baker Mayfield. Like, if I was on this show having that rant against Baker Mayfield for the way he played over the last, say, six or seven weeks, y'all, the the whole 60 y'all would probably stop listening to us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you have to be honest. We got to so, get to six now? Well, I, I, yeah. You ain't you okay. didn't see that? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see that? You didn't see that? Joe Rogan, watch out. Joe Rogan, we're coming for that spot, baby. And we're, we're coming for that number one spot. spot. Look, we're coming for the top spot, player. Y'all don't want to see us. But uh, the truth is, Bake played his tail off tonight. He only had uh, five incompletions, two touchdowns, no picks, no fumbles, 
Like they didn't come close to turning the ball over. No, yeah, yeah, no yeah. risky throws. Nothing. Everything was he clean. Was, he was he was spot on, and that's another reason for second bank. That's behind me. That's second bank right there. Bake was shaking, and he was baking, and he was doing this thing. And I gotta give him some love, and I gotta give him uh, the game ball. Uh, my first game ball, anyway. My second game ball is gonna go to Carl Joseph. Carl Joseph, uh, I made some I made some comments about Carl. I said that Carl really isn't, a, and he's not. Let's be clear, he's not a cover corner. Carl Joseph is more of a blitz corner. Uh, a run-stopping corner. However, he did all of that today. He was a cover guy. Um, he 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 blitzed. He he made some run stops. He was all over the field. He had ten tackles, uh, two pass defenses. I don't know. I mean, we we may have still won the game without him, but bro, I got to get the dude some love. So Carl Joseph, you my guy today. Um, and my third ball is going to go to Kevin Stefanski for, for just having a much better game plan based on what my keys were. Uh, he was a part of my keys. Today he actually showed up, had a much better game plan, had a much uh, simpler, attainable type of, uh, of, of uh, a game plan for the, for the players than what he was doing last week. We were all kind of confused last week, but today, uh, KS, you did your job, man. Uh, salute, caps off to you. And I agree with you. The O-line, I, I was gonna give it to the entire O-line. Um, they got my fourth uh, game ball, so I don't know if that's a split with somebody or not, but the O-line needs some some recognition because I don't even, I mean, if he got a grass stain, it was because he wanted to, uh, Baker. Right. <laughs> like, it, was, it was nothing like what we're used to seeing in the past. Uh, Baker had time. Baker had all the time he needed. Uh, I don't care if it was three-step drop, RPO, whatever, he had time. And uh, shout out to that, to that old line, even without uh, Wyatt Teller, even without uh, – What's the big fella name that got hurt? Uh, Hubbard, even with the rookie, Nick Harris, these guys still showed up and they still made whatever block they needed to make. And uh, we won the game because of it and we're pretty much on the cusp of a playoff berth. Uh, we're, we're basically a win away from it. And we right, and, now that, you know, and I was looking at the playoff scenarios and I don't understand them because even with the win next week, we still don't clinch unless, you know, the Colts and Dolphins lose. But I thought once we got to 11 and we couldn't, you know, go over five losses, you know, over five well, losses at know, that time. I'm so like, many, there's so many other factors. Right. Uh, but, but we have the tiebreakers with the Colts and we have a tiebreaker with the, uh, with the Dolphins. Which is why I say if they just, if one of those dudes lose, we're in. Right. If one but of I those thought, dudes But it should be that if we just win, because because if we tie, because would a coach have, well, no, I get it. Never mind. I, I, I understand now because the Colts only have four losses. So, yeah. so yeah, so I, I get that. So we could still, 
Um, if they they, they yeah, can win they, twelve, they yeah. Out, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Okay. All right. So basically, so what we need if to- we win next week, and so do the Miami. Miami has five four losses. losses too. No, they got five. Do they have five? Do they, they have five? five. Okay. But we didn't play them this year, did we? No, but we have tiebreakers based on conference record. Okay. Something like that. So if so uh, right now, right at this moment, at this particular moment, we've moved from the last spot into I think the fifth spot. I think we're in we're, the fifth. We're, spot. We're, we're the we're the top wild card. Yeah, I think we're in the fifth spot with that win. Right. So, so um, the Dolphins have the Raiders and the Bills left. So Miami probably they're, gonna they're lose not that good. They're probably going to drop one of those games. They're going. I think they're going to lose next week to the Raiders. Actually, right. And that's in. That's in Las Vegas. That's and, in Las and Vegas. The Colts, yeah. the Colts play the Steelers next week. Yeah, and I think and they're going to lose that one. I don't know who their last game is against. So most likely because one of those Colts, teams. I mean, because the Raiders, I mean, excuse me, the Steelers need to win that game to they face do. us without the without the thought. Without, uh, right. You know, having to fight that game yeah. out. For the division, but at the end of the day, if the Browns had in their business, I think if we beat the Jets next week, I think that's pretty much. And that's it. Uh, that's what I keep a saying. That's like, a win, a win is a win, and if we can get a win next week against the Jets, we just continue to make other people have to figure it out. Right. And exactly. Us to figure it out, we control our own destiny with winning, and if we have to go into the last week having to win to get in. Then we just, you know, that just is what it is. But, you know, my thoughts are when is the last time we've gotten into the week 16 with the potential of winning a game and going to the playoffs? It's almost never, it hasn't happened since 07. Right. And even in 07, we knew we didn't really have no chance of winning. We should have won. This is legitimately the exact same play. As 07. So we got to beat the Jets. Because- the only difference is, um, you know, Cincinnati being a rival, they were looking to, to ruin our parade. The I'll Jets. You, listen, here's what I got to say about that. And you know better than that. Don't you ever say nothing that uh, reckless again in your life. <laughs> and you know what I'm getting. <laughs> you know exactly where I'm going. I know everybody's like, damn, why run so aggressive? Nope. We know what happened that game. Derek Anderson threw four picks, and we all knew Derek Anderson was awful. And he went into that game, and all you got to do is just play a regular ass game, bro. Man, he played the worst game of Chazinski, that season. Chazinski called one of the worst <laughs> games ever. It was a windstorm. It was like forty mile power winds. It was raining. It wasn't raining at all, but it was missing times a game that game. Forty sometimes he was going right, play. and you had Jamal Lewis back there. You was handing the ball off to. You had Tippy Toes, who had about thirteen hundred yards at that point. Just getting and the that ball. was revenge, and that was revenge from that. Uh, you remember that Lee Suggs game when Cincinnati was trying oh. to get to the playoffs, and Lee Suggs ran for about one hundred and eighty yards that game. And say, Lee, Suggs, Lee Suggs went out, of, came out of nowhere, and and ran another Georgia running back came out of nowhere and ran for. About 100, almost 200 yards. Man, dude, two. go back and watch those games. The NFL has um, 
they've gotten lax on their licensing now. And you can pretty much watch almost any game from any year in full on YouTube. So, yeah, in full. I mean, you can watch anything. Um, like, you can just put put in a random Browns versus Falcons 1987. Oh, I got to go back. You know, me. And if it doesn't pull up the whole game, it at least pull up the highlights. They may even pull up the NFL primetime highlights from that game. So it's real cool. But the, the, the crazy thing is, when you just go back even three years, and look at the Browns rosters and how like none of those guys are on the team no more. You forget about all the bums that have come are to they, the turnstiles. Yeah, that's, that's what I was getting ready to say. Are they on anyone else's roster though? Some of them are. Like I was shocked to see Jabal Sheard still in the league. Yeah, he's he he actually plays for the for the Giants. Dude, Marquevious Mingo was still in the league. Yes, he is. Play for Seattle. Yeah. Uh, the fat coat McCoy still hanging on. So it's a, so it's a few of those guys still around. These but guys decided these other teams decided to use these guys for what they were worth, not for trying to be something that they never <laughs> right. Making them a trying to make a Hall of Famer out of them. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That was the difference, bro. So, but it, but it's crazy. But that just shows like the instability we had because we were turning over the roster every year. We were pretty much bringing in like a whole new crop of guys, and you can't get any continuity like that. But, it's that's just, it's why, but that's why when people will say, oh, we don't have any continuity at the coach, it's not just the coach that we don't have continuity at. We don't have continuity in what we want to do as a team. We don't have continuity at who we want to draft or where we want to draft at. Like, there's why is there always an argument in the, in the war room? The war room needs to be the most kind of kind of congruent place that you ever want to meet. Right. These guys need to be able to talk to you guys, and we all need to come to one complete decision. This is our guy. Like you can't have a coach calling Deshaun Watson, and then the team not drafting Deshaun Watson. Like that can't happen. Right. That can't be what occurs. Well, and, hopefully those days seem to be over, man. It, like, I want to get to the point, and we're starting to get there, where we don't dwell on how bad we used to be. Like, maybe we can finally listen, put a match. I don't want to do that no more, bro. I know I, I know. I can go off on a tangent. I can be frustrated, but I do not want to talk about, uh, you know, uh, 2012. What happened in 2012? Who cares? We sucked. I, I don't know. You know what? The Browns have been so bad that, you know, I used to be a computer when they came in my head, when it came to stats, what our records were from year to year. The Browns have been so bad. All of it's a blur right that's now. What, and that's what I'm saying, bro. It's you so know, nondescript. Who was, the, who was the other guy? This is why me and you talked all the time. Because we could retain all of the things that happened in this game. We could retain all the things that happened in that season. We remember that one time when this one guy did this one thing. But pretty much from 07, actually 04 to 07, and then 07 to 2019, I don't remember shit. Like, I, I almost did it to allow myself to go to sleep at night. Right. 
Seriously, like I'm not like I, I forgot. No, I'm being. I look, you know, like, I'm being serious, bro. I forgot that Deshaun Kaiser started the whole season, man. So, and I was just like three years ago. It wasn't that long ago. Then when you go back, like I said, I go back and watch some of these old games. I'm like, damn, he he was here, and <laughs> played a whole year. I watch. That's crazy. I, I watch Browns games like this back in the day. I just start like this. Like, I already know that the problems are coming. And I just sit there like this, like, okay. And I just wait. And my wife would always say, she would actually email the Browns. Thank you, Browns, for ruining my house this Sunday. (laughs) 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 That's how bad, that's how bad these guys have been. So, Forgive me, anybody who doesn't know that I've been following the Browns since I was six, uh, back in 1980. But you know what's fun? What's fun is watching these other crappy teams now doing like horrendous stuff during the game. Like, you know what? That used to be us. Yeah, I and, it, and it feels good not to be them <laughs> anymore. I be watching yeah. Jacksonville when they be doing. I would say, and I was like, we used to do like crazy that. stuff like that. It used to be just, us, right? It used to be just us. do the most dumbest, like most you inconceivable play that you can think of. Like we used to do that all the time, and now the one thing we've never done is the butt fumble. That's the one thing, and I hope we never do the butt no, fumble. Did a butt fumble. Mark Sanchez is the one guy who might have upped us. No, but, but we did do what was the we was played the, the Ravens on Monday night and we block got the field goal block and lose the game. They ran it back. The last yep. play of the game was like, we're going for the game winning field goal, wasn't it? And they blocked it and ran and they it back blocked and it, ran it game. back and got the two points or the set something like that. Yeah, it was something crazy. Something crazy. But that's neither here nor there anymore. Like I said, we're not going to dwell on the negative. It's all positive going forward. Nope. So we'll go to the Jets next week. Hopefully we go ahead and knock them off and uh um and and and, and clinch a playoff spot. So we will see what happens, man. So did you have anything else you wanted to touch on tonight in regards to the Browns victory? No, uh actually I want to say uh Shelter Redwine played decent this evening. He did. Um, so I want to give him a shout out because I'm super hard. On Sheldrick, I've, I've, I've said he stunk. I've said he uh, is awful plenty on this show. And uh, he actually played in place of uh, one of the guys that Sean just mentioned. Yeah, somebody else got hurt today. Uh, Sendejo got hurt. So uh, that's why he was on the field as much as he was. And then Ronnie but Harrison Sheldrick, was still out too. Uh, yeah, and, and Ronnie was out too. But Sheldrick is supposed to be the guy who does what Sendejo does, which is I can play run, I can cover, et cetera, et cetera. Generally, he can't, but today he actually did a pretty <laughs> solid job. Today yeah, he, he did a solid job. He did yeah. it, I, and that's why I'm saying it. I'm not saying it to clown a guy. I, I know I'm hard on the dude, and this is why I say what I say. When I'm hard on people, I'm also going to give people credit when they when they do what I've said they couldn't do or think that they couldn't do. I'm just gonna give you your props. So shout out to uh Sheldon Redwine. 
my guy, you did you did uh, a decent job today so that you can never, ever, ever in your life listen to this show fully and say that I just came for you. I know I didn't. I'm very fair. I'm. We are fair. I think that might be our new mantra. We are fairly fair. That's all like some shady ass news network. Yeah, yeah. Like we Who are got to the mic? Don't, don't it? Don't it? Don't it sound like fairly fair? <laughs> we are fairly, fairly fair. fair. <laughs> we try to make sure that we give everybody their props. We also run people through the ringer. But when you show up and you do the right things or you do the things that we expected you to do, we have nothing but love and respect for those guys because uh got nothing and, but love for you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we can't do what you guys can do. So our thoughts and our and our and our hearts are that you can pull off what our inner care can pull off because if I was uh Cody Parkey I would have made that field goal that's you know how we're not going we're not going back to the Cody Parkey situation hopefully he'll be better Make next week these field goals excuse me I'm sorry Cody Parkey <laughs> make these doggone field goals and these doggone uh, PFTs, please, please and thank you. That's all I need you to do. This public service announcement what? has been brought to you by two guys in the mic. The thoughts and 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 <laughs> the thoughts and expressions of Ronald Pierce does not necessarily, you know, you know the rest of it. Yes, it does. <laughs> I'm too tired. I'm so doggone tired right now. I can't even think of the rest of the spiel right now. So (laughs) I don't even know what's wrong with Sean at this particular moment. It's a long day, man. I've been knee deep in cookie dough. I've been making cookie dough all day. This dude, I'm making cookie dough during the game. This is (laughs) so. Listen, uh, you guys. This is Christmas week, as we uh, mentioned earlier in the show. So we're gonna give you guys. A short show on Wednesday. It's gonna be kind of short because we want to make sure everybody uh, enjoys their holiday. I almost thought about not having a show, but well, we have a quick, yeah, a little quick midweek show because we got a, a few things we need, we need to discuss. A lot happening. That's yeah. the only reason. It's a lot happening next week. So um, we got the Browns that have not clinched yet. So we still do have to talk about the Jets game. We also have to. Uh, discuss uh, the Ohio State situation that it was, but it'll it, it'll probably be a quick show, a quicker show, and then uh, we'll move forward from there. But if you guys don't tune in, if you do, doesn't matter to me. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. If, if I don't hear from you guys uh, before then, we'll say it again on uh, Wednesday. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us. Thank you for uh, seeing us listening to us, dealing with us. Uh, Sean, again, thank you for allowing me. I know you always get irritated when I say this, but thank you for allowing me to interrupt your week and your day because I could not do this goddamn show without you. Uh, I could, 
but it would not be nowhere near as funny. <laughs> you bring a whole nother element to it. You know, you also keep me together and keep me in check. And I love that. Um, for uh, anybody who wants to get in contact with us or wants to follow us, we got Facebook, we got Instagram, two guys in a mic, TWO, guys in a mic, 216. Come check us out, come comment. Uh, we post all the time, actually. We post all the time. So come check us out. Comment, we'll comment back. Same thing with our YouTube page, two guys in a mic, TWO, 216. Uh, and comment with us on there. Also subscribe. And then we also have our audio streaming, which is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, as well as Anchor, Two Guys in a Mic, TWO216. Come check us out, man. Come holler at us. We're here again. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. If you guys don't check in with us uh, before this, uh, the end of this week. But we'll definitely have product and content for you guys to come check out. Thank you. I love you, Sean. I love you too, man. You got anything? Right, you, too, bro. you have a good Monday, and I'll see you on Wednesday, man. All right, homie. All right, everybody have a good night. You've just listened to Two Guys in a Mic with your hosts, Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Please tune in for our midweek edition of our podcast. Until then, peace.